Welcome to the Trinity Force Podcast. Our sponsor is Moxie and Zen. If you head over to moxieandzen.com slash tforce and use the code tforce, you can get 20% off of your order on premium, high-quality, and inexpensive boxers. They're made from bamboo to help wick away the sweat, which leaves you feeling fresh. Also, make sure to check out our Patreon, where we have a multitude of different perks. Anyone that signs up for the $5 tier will receive first dibs on any and all tournaments that we host. We'll send out an early access email so you can be at the front of the line to sign up and get onto the rift. The $10 tier will grant you access to special interviews or podcasts that we do. Additionally, $10 will grant you one replay review per month from the podcaster of your choice. Just download the replay file and send it to us via email or private Discord message. With the replay review, you'll get the insight and expertise that the podcasters bring, which will help you optimize each phase of the game. The $15 tier will unlock one live coaching session per month from the podcaster of your choice. Let us know who you'd like to talk to, and we'll set up a way for you to stream your game to them as a member of the podcast walks you through your game. And finally, the $50 tier will grant you a one-time guest spot on the podcast where you will be able to give your input on the show agenda and be live on the podcast with the rest of the Trinity Force crew. The money that we collect from Patreon not only helps keep the lights on, but helps to pay for better equipment and promotional materials. If you have any questions for the crew, shoot us an email at questions at trinityforcepodcast.com. You can also head over to our website, www.trinityforcenetwork.com. There you can find a link for our Discord, old episodes, and other Trinity Forest Network podcasts. You can also visit our subreddit, r slash tforcenetwork, our Twitter, at tforcenetwork, our YouTube page, youtube.com slash c slash trinityforcepodcast, or on Twitch at twitch.tv slash tforcepodcast, where we're regularly streaming tournaments, community game nights, other league games the podcasters are playing, and even other games occasionally. Finally, on Tuesday nights, make sure to join us in our Discord at 7.15pm Eastern Standard Time, where we will be playing and often streaming on Twitch, Community Game Night, for some fun pre-made games and in-house custom matches. Welcome to the Trinity Force Podcast. Yo, it's that Triforce cast beaming straight to your home. Grab a beer so we know Pony ain't drinking alone. Send an email, a quick tweet, just pick up the phone. Leave a message, hit the beep if you're a creep, watch your tone. Discuss the meta game, patch notes, whatever helps your stats most. Obi Pone Kenobi is your last hope to snatch gold. So grab your headphones and join in the fun. We'll try and force in some jokes and some cringeworthy puns. Yo, we can make it together, people. Trinity Force Podcast. These boys are second to none. Now that's the end of the intro. It's time we've begun. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 787 of the Trinity Force Podcast. I am your host, as always, N.A. Eric, and tonight we're talking through patch 12.21, as well as some world stuff, because if you weren't aware, semifinals happened, and they were great, and finals are coming up this upcoming weekend, so we'll talk about all of that. Um, but 
here we got the usual crew on. We have John and Fenrir. So, oh, Fenrir's Discord has been crashing some, but he is back now, so we may intermittently lose him. We'll try our best. But, John, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Um, pretty much everything business as usual. Um, I was super busy the last, you know, few weeks, but um, I should be a little less busy now the next few weeks or so. And, uh, yeah, so... Pretty much just waiting for uh, hearing back for residency stuff beginning of January. So gotcha. How many how many places have you applied for and done interviews for? Or anything? Uh, I did. F I applied for four and I did three. So okay. But they're uh, gotcha. they go on. I think till like some of the schools go on till as far as interviews. I think till December even, but. Okay. So yeah, I'm just kind of waiting for that to decide as far as whether I'm going to do that or just go into a uh, jump into private practice. So Gotcha. Are they all in like your in your area or would you be looking at schools and then moving to those? Uh they would be like there. I mean I would be moving for Okay. 3 of them probably. It would be yeah. Okay. So but cool. they would be and like if, if you were general area though they're uh, like all in the southeast. Gotcha. Okay. Nice. Um, if you were gonna go private practice, then are you saying like you're gonna start your own, or would you join an already established practice? Like, what were you thinking there? Uh, I would. If you don't mind my. I asking. would join a already established. Okay. How does that process work? Like, how do you like? Hey, I want to be a dentist here. Like, how does that even work? Do they post like? jobs like dentist wanted uh, like how does that it work kind of it just honestly really uh depends like for example though uh what i would do is i mean i know um there's like a ton of people that i like shadowed prior to going to school um and i mean that i know pretty well and who i've like talked to about uh like practicing with them like uh like down the road so Sure. I mean, it really just depends. Some people will just like move to a completely, you know, new city, and then uh, there's like each, uh, like the board for each uh, state has like a job listing thing where people will do stuff, put stuff. Sometimes, like I don't know, it's kind of like you have to really seek those uh, connections out. Okay. But, yeah, I guess it's cool. just entirely, like, situational, though, depending on, like, because, like, some people will have, like, a family friend who was a dentist or something, and they'll work with them, or, like, I mean, there were sure. probably three people in my class who uh, their parents were dentists or, like, in, or specialists, so, uh, like, they would go on to work with them, but... So they had guaranteed jobs when they were done. Yeah, exactly. Nice. So they were pretty uh pretty fortunate, but but yeah, it really okay. just depends. With uh, so here I'm I'm gonna nerd out for a second, but I I took some when I was in my master's program, I took some classes on like occupational licensing and stuff, mm -hmm. and some of the things we talked about are how like different licenses don't 
and and so uh, don't translate between different states. There's different requirements, and right. just because you're licensed one place, is, you're not necessarily licensed in a different place. So like law is like uh, t iconic for that. Different states all require different. You have to take different bars and such. I remember cosmetologists were like that. Is that a thing for dentistry as well, or does that not apply? So it's uh. Like, it's kind of uh, weird because uh, it's slightly nuanced in that way because it's uh, – there's, like, a testing agency you can – that most people do that covers, like uh, – it's, like, most of the southeast. I would say it's, like, 27 states. And then there's, okay. like, another one for, like, the mid – I think, actually, some in the Midwest except that one, too. But then there's a different one in on the west coast. Um but it's just a different like agency. The test is like essentially the same. It's really just more uh, like uh, who do you give your money to? Yeah, it's like that. There's just like <laughs> those agencies exactly that are basically like. Uh, I mean, that's like the only agency that does it, you know. So it's like you have to go through them to even take the the board and whatnot, of which there's like several components. So like there's two. Uh, written components which is like a seven hour long test each and those are like your after your second and uh third year and then you have a clinical portion there's two clinical portions as well that are uh after your third and then your fourth year and then once you pass all portions of uh whatever the test is i mean the agencies are essentially the same then you get like you apply to your uh, board to get your license, so then they like verify all your information, like you know the right where you graduated from and whatnot, and like all that, and then uh, then they issue your license. But okay, it's like every uh, every state is like slightly different, you know, in how it's uh, the process is done. It's just. It's basically the same, though. Essentially the same. For when you're doing clinicals and stuff, because that obviously means, like, you know, proving that you know what you can actually, like, perform dental procedures yeah. and things. How do, how do they find test subjects to, like, get a cavity filled and get a root canal? Like, how do you find volunteers for that? So, like, you have <laughs> to, uh, so there's, like, a screening process. So, like, the, uh, Part of it is, is like at the school when you get stuff done, it's at a reduced price compared to private practice. It's like oh. about fifty to sixty percent of the cost. Otherwise, in private practice, so like that's one draw of it, and then the other, I guess, thing is like. So for the board, you have to. It has to also be like very specific things. Like you have to. It has to be a specific kind of filling. So. It has to have certain criteria. So, like, the patient has to be screened to, like, make sure that the, uh, like, that it's uh, actually the procedure that, you know, needs to be done. And it's not, like, something that's, like, really small either, you know what I mean? Like, so that you're barely doing anything. But, uh, so, like, that, and it's, like, um, I think it's even, like, for for a board patient, I actually think it's even cheaper. Is the other thing, um, and then not only that, it like they get a like good bit of work done in like one day, which is nice. So they what like what would be done otherwise probably in like two is like done in one. 
because it's like an all-day thing for the board because they're um, like having to obviously have it graded and whatnot. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. I yeah, that's like some of the stuff that I I guess I've wondered about with the the wonderful world of dentistry. But yeah, that's that's a <laughs> very long day though because it's a lot of uh like doing it and then obviously there's like a a process where they're having to wait in line to like have it graded, you know, have <laughs> what you just did mm -hmm. graded and uh Oh, so there's like a line of people that's like, oh, now I'm gonna look in your mouth and see what happened. Now I'm gonna look in your mouth and see. Well, what no, happened. it's that's more like, uh, like you do whatever uh, the procedure you're doing for the the board, like in your operatory, and then like a person will like come, and they have like a bunch of graders like in a different like area, but on the same floor, and the they bring the per the patient to like the area where the graders are, and then the graders, you know, look at your you know, what you did and, you know, grade everything. And then they go back to you, and then you do the next procedure. Interesting. So it's like, okay. because of that, just like the logistics of it and whatnot, that's also why it's like a all-day thing, because, like, you know, that process takes time, too, because there's generally, like, 70 to 80 other people taking the test. Yeah. But. Okay. That's actually, that's super interesting. So, well, uh, I'll make sure to note down in the notes that we have a solid seven-minute block on yeah. uh, what all this dentistry stuff, which is super interesting. I mean, I'm sure everyone likes to hear more about the hosts and stuff like that. But, okay, other than work, like, how's League been going for you? Have you been playing much lately? Have you seen, like, what's what's been what's been happening on the Rift? Oh, uh, yeah, I've been, I mean, as far as, like, I've just been playing for fun uh, a lot recently. I mean, I've been playing a bit of A-Rams. Uh, been playing like a bunch of normals with my friends. Uh, been playing like a little ranked on my Smurfs. Just honestly, just trying stuff out and trying to have fun with it more than anything. Uh, but uh, and not take it too seriously. But but yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. Fenrir, how are you doing, man? I'm doing all right. No camera today. It's uh, Discord's not having it. Yeah, I saw that. So that's fine. We'll just look at you going Super Saiyan and imagine that's what's happening. Yeah, I do look a little bit like Vegeta. You have said before that you have the Vegeta hairstyle. Yeah. Which is why you wear a hat quite often. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. How's life been for you, man? Good. Just working as always, playing some League. Uh, I'm going to make a big... I've got some time set out this weekend. I'm going to do everything I can to get to play out this weekend on my main. So that I can just kind of, my next goal is to uh, play every champion five times. Are there champions you haven't played? Uh, no. Other than Kasanti, because he just got released. No, so I've played every champion, but I want to start from A and just play every champion five games. I want to, it's kind of the start of my off season. I really want to uh, get better knowledge-wise at the game. Sure. That's, that makes a lot of sense. And that's where I'm going to start that's with a great, it. That's a great goal to have. Like that's always that's why I like whenever I see a new champ come out, I play around with them in practice tool. As soon as we're done potting here, I'm going to hop in and go into practice tool and play around with Cassanti because I didn't play around with them at all yesterday when I played. But see, you know, what can you flash buffer? 
what can you like try out all sorts of those combos and things and and see what sort of just see how it all plays out um it's it's super important like i don't i don't know when there's new champions that get released i'm always surprised when people are like oh i've never played against i've never played with that champion like why wouldn't you at least like hop into a a practice tool and just like see what it does even if it doesn't interest you at all like Neela interests me zero i don't want to play that champion ever but i at least played a normal game as her and i played in practice tool and i was like okay this is how this works gotcha no not at all but yeah okay cool um i have been uh just playing i've been playing a lot of fun as well or for fun as well been feeling like i'm getting a good bit better at zoe support i've been playing a lot more of that um i'm still playing jungle i played some ranked and i'm into plat 2 now finally like but i haven't i just haven't played that much but uh i got a notification on the client that the rank season ends in two weeks it ends on november 15th uh, i don't know at what time but I need to, I'm going to try and bust my butt to get up to Diamond before then. So I'm going to be playing some ranked definitely this weekend and next week and stuff to, to get up there. That's my goal is to get there or at least get to, I mean, if not, I'd like to at least like feel like I gave it a good run and I put in enough time and effort and solid practice hours to try and do it. If I don't make it there, fine. I've been, you know, busy with other stuff. I had a busy summer. I've been running the podcast, whatever. And I've gotten a lot better at other roles as well. Like I, w I used to be really bad at some other roles, but this year I've gotten a lot better at support, a good bit better at ADC and better at top as well. So I, I feel like I'm a more well-rounded player, even if I don't have the rank for it. And that's a, that's an accolade in and of itself. So, yeah. Um, okay. So we got two topics that I announced at the beginning. We're doing worlds and patch. What should we cover first, gents? Should we just go through the patch and then talk about worlds, or talk about worlds and then fly through the patch afterwards? Let's just kill the patch real quick. All right, and I say, and we address it like that because this patch is very minuscule. It's done purposely because preseason is going to be dropping. It might be the next patch that happens. I'm not sure, or it might be because this is 12:21. It might be 12:22, uh, or I guess then 13:1 would happen. I don't quite. Oh no, that would be that would be next season. I don't think that preseason starts there. So it might be 1222, might be 1223 that preseason starts, but it's starting soon. So in any case, patch 12.21. Um, we looked and didn't think there were any significant bug changes to note. Um, there's some sweet skins, which we'll get to. But overall, there's seven changes, seven or three nerfs, four buffs, and an adjustment for Orn, and we'll see what we really think of that. Um, Kasanti is also out, and we will cover him more in depth in a... Uh, in a separate podcast, not going to go into it here as he came out yesterday and we haven't had enough time to properly evaluate and understand what's going on with his kit. How does he actually feel to play as, with, and against? So we'll cover him next time. But Cassanti is out, so give him a try. And his visuals look very cool and the skin that gets released is cool. But um, let's see. So the first change uh, I'll go through, it's Ari. Her Q mana cost is down by... Five at all ranks, and the AP ratio on her Q is up by five percentage points. Um, John, what do you think about this change? Oh, uh, I mean, I think that, I mean, this might bring her back um, because she, I mean, she was super popular um, a few patches ago, and then with that nerf, I, I don't know. I mean, I think this will bring her back a little bit. I mean, it's just a small, uh, small buff. 
Fenner, can, do you agree? Yeah, I don't think it's too much of a change. It's it's like good for the damage and everything, right? But I still think she's just like a pick artist, if that's the words you want to use. She just really uh, thrives in like chaotic games where she can charm somebody and then her team can hunt her to zero them. So it's just nice for her to get a little boost in damage. And some more mana in lane 2 is always nice, especially early, because late game this doesn't do anything. And this is always your first max as well, so level 9, you're saving 5 per uh, five per time you throw the orb out. I, I looked at her win rate, and over the last, because she hasn't been changed since patch 12.17, as the devs note here, and over the last, like, 2-3 patches, she's had a roughly 49% win rate, and now she's at 50.5 with a, a pick rate increase as well. So... She's being picked more, and I mean, again, one day into the patch so far, but um, it seems like the buff has helped and done what they're looking to do. Just give her a little bit of a nudge and not make her take over the game like she happened before. But yeah, that's uh, that's the rest of Ari. John, you want to go through Belveth for me? Yeah, sure. The uh, E cooldown is being increased, um, and then her Void Remora health are being decreased, which are her little uh, little babies that she spawns whenever she. Uh, you get ripped, and then she uh, has, like, her ult form and then kills the minions. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that a lot, like, people have been complaining about that for a while now as far as, like, those things being very difficult to kill. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that'll be nice. And then, I mean, as far as her E cooldown, like, I mean, that's the strongest part of her kit, one of the strongest parts of her kit. And I mean, that's a little nudge as far as a nerf. So I think that's a good thing, honestly. She's been really strong for a while now. Yeah, I would agree for sure. So, I mean, if I'm just looking at win rates specifically, she's dropped about half a percent or so. So not that much. These changes aren't that large, but... I do agree that these are some of the strongest in the case of the E and the most annoying in the case of the Void Remora part of her kit. So I, I think everyone is fine with these changes. Maybe not a Belveth player, but even then, I don't think this really changes that much of her power for people who know how to play her well and, and can. This is... Yeah, those Void Remoras are too tanky. It's a problem when you're hitting them on and off, or mages are trying to hit them, and it's not doing much damage at all. Those are some supercharged Yorick ghouls that are flying at you. It's it's nuts. Yeah, when you can like uh, get that form and then push it, like kill the enemy top laner or something, and then push like three waves. I mean, it's like usually annihilate turrets. It was wild. They could. I mean, they were taking like whenever it first came out. I remember they were taking like. You know, at least a turret shot each, too. Whenever there, you know, there's like 20 of them there. So, yeah, I feel like this was, uh, I don't think anybody will complain about this. No. And, and even with this E change here, she's not using E twice in a fight. It has a 16, it had a 16 cooldown at max rank. And to my knowledge, this isn't even her first max, I don't think. I think she maxes Q first, yeah. but. So, so this wouldn't even make a difference until, uh, like, level, I don't know, level 12 or something. You don't feel this. But even then, you're not using it twice in a fight. You're using it once at a strategic point. Um, if it's a really long skirmish, you might use it twice, but har unlikely. 
Um, that seems to be Belveth. Uh, anything else to add, Fenrir? Or nope. Nope. All right, then I will let you cover the great steam golem, Mr. Blitzcrank. Powerful. With the uh, rocket fist propelled grab, or whatever those guys <laughs> said. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, for, for context, we're talking about uh, le- yesterday, um, fellow podcaster Bomo competed in the Victorious GG finals of their amateur league, and their team did not win, unfortunately. We were rooting for them. But one of the analysts there was fumbling over his words, trying to figure out how, what Blitz's cue was called, which when we looked at uh, on the wiki, it's just rocket grab. It's quite simple. Um, I thought it was like rocket propelled fist, and he was, I don't know, he was going back and forth and trying to figure it out, and the other guy was not helping him. But eventually they moved on, and that was the good point. But anyways, I digress. Fenrir, tell us about the great steam golem. Uh, so his base health is going down, and base magic resist is going down. And then the overdrive bonus attack speed is going down at all ranks. So what does this? What do you think this means for? I guess first for support Blitzcrank. Um, so it makes his like mage matchups a little bit harder in the bot lane, but like I'm sure it probably nerfed his win rate a little bit. But you're not like. If you're taking damage as Blitzcrank from an Enchantress or like a Spellcaster, then you're not playing Blitzcrank correctly in the bot lane, so that's your fault. Like, I don't really think this is a huge change for him in the bot lane, or at least it shouldn't be. But it probably is because people don't know how to position correctly. So, in regard to win rate, in the past... So, patch 12.19, he was the best support with a 50... An 11% pick rate and a 54.3% win rate. So that's a lot, and he was banned a quarter of the time. Last patch, still the best support, 53. So his win rate went down, his pick rate was the same, and his ban rate went up to 34%. So far on this patch, his ban rate is still a third of the time, and his pick rate is a little bit down. His win rate is down to 52.2. So it's really down by like a couple points relative to patch 12.19. Um, that's support Blitzcrank. Now... Uh, now Jungle Blitzcrank John do you want to tell us what you think about how that impacts him how these changes impact him if at all I mean it would just be slightly on his the bonus attack speed like his, it'll hurt his clear a little bit as far as the he's missing out on the 10% attack speed but I don't know I mean I think that uh it was more targeted for support because I mean he was just like a menace. Like he was just the fighter CC blitzcrank support. It was so hard to deal with. Yeah, absolutely, it is. And support blitz is so much stronger based off the changes. Yeah, his his win rate has gone down, but he was already statistically the worst jungler. Um, he had like a average of like a forty five percent win rate, and now it's at like forty three and a half. Um, it's still, I mean, it's still banned a lot, but the, the ban includes jungle and support. I ban it sometimes. It's just really annoying. People don't understand how position against him, but yeah, he's, he got significantly worse in support or he got a little bit worse in support and a little bit worse in the jungle. He's already bad in the jungle though. So maybe don't play him there. There's better champions to play, but, um, yeah, I, his ban rate is warranted. Blitz is so annoying to play against. Yeah. 
really it is. can be bad for 95 percent of the game and land one hook that changes the game yeah what do you so if a blitz gets locked in as support and you know it's support fender what do you typically like to pick into it so we i think we talked about it a couple weeks ago but uh I really like Galio into the Blitzcrank because it kind of forces him to not just like blindly throw his Q, especially if, as I'm playing Galio, standing anywhere near it. Because it just gives me a free avenue into his entire team, and I can land pretty big taunts. I mean, you can always go with like the tried and true Morgana. You just have to have the fast enough reactions if you're playing against a good Blitzcrank to Black Shield properly. Sure. That makes sense. I like to ban that or Leona when I play uh, support. Because I like to play mage supports. Leona's pretty good right now. She is. I'm curious. What is her win rate? Not, what do you guys think it is? I think it is either at 50% or just below. And I think she's like a rated B tier support. Okay. Well, you are right. She is, according to U.GG, she is rated B tier and has a forty-nine point six five percent win rate, and was about the same last patch and about the same in twelve nineteen. So she's balanced. People aren't p playing her properly either. Do you want to expand on that? Uh, so I think a lot of people think Leona is like this lame dominant support that you just want to exert all of her CC to try and kill whoever you're laning against. But I think the proper way to play her is the moment you get level three, you need to use your health bar as a resource and force the bot lane to back at a bad timing, push the wave in and then recall. And then you need to either immediately go find your jungler or like try and make a quick roam mid. And you just need to constantly be doing this <clears throat> like rotation around the map with Leona. Okay. I mean, when when I've played with you with it, it's remarkably effective. Yeah, if she yeah. just gets... <clears throat> Sorry, I got something in my throat. If she gets stuck in a lane, she like... becomes worse and worse as the game goes on. Because if you... If your AD carry is the only person ahead on your team, is it's great. But at the same time, if you go in, right, the only person that you have to kill anybody is your AD carry. So you need to get your jungler and your mid laner ahead so they can follow up on your engages. So you want to spread the, you want to share the love. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. All right. Well, the next change that we have is Corky. Health growth increased, AD growth increased. He's getting four more health per level. Uh, growth and then um ad growth up by 0.3 per level he's gonna be slightly better he's still not gonna be great is my thought uh do, you, do either of you disagree with that i all? mean i think that these are like i mean these are pretty small nudges i mean i think that i think he was pretty weak though so i think he needed i mean i don't have any problem with it i just think it's small buffs like very minuscule he's got such a low pick rate he's yeah. 1.5% and his ban rate is 0.2% right now his his win rate did go up um, by like a, 
actually not a lot. St- st- oh my god, statistically insignificant amount. It seems like because twelve nineteen he was higher, twelve twenty he was lower than twelve twenty one. He's in the middle, so it doesn't seem like this really changed him very much. Yeah, I I think it was just a very small change. So I don't know. I don't think it's a a whole lot. He just hasn't seen much play. Yeah. He almost got picked in semifinals. They were hovering him and thinking about it. Or at least maybe just hovering into troll, but he got shown. So there's that. He almost had his chance. But he almost did. Alright, well, we'll move on to the next one then. Uh, we'll move on to Malzahar. John, do you want to cover Malzahar yeah. for us here? Malzahar, his E, can now execute minions. So if they're below 15 to 45 health, then it's like scaling uh, from 1 to 11. Um, I mean, that's just like a small quality. Like, that's a quality of life change. I mean, I, I feel like that's super nice for him. Makes early game farming super easy because I feel like that was like a... It sometimes could be an issue because, like, early game, his E does, like, no damage. And then if you didn't do it when they had, the means were, like insanely low sometimes it would uh it would mess it up so that would be frustrating so i mean that's just a nice quality of life change i think especially early game for him yeah when i saw this i was like thank god because i could not i i can just see memories or i can just remember exact times when i'm throwing down the those and i don't have my voidlings out or they got killed or maybe they're hitting them still but it's really, really, really hard to time killing the minions when the your minions are hitting them and the Voilings and the Malefic Visions are out there. It's just, it's really hard to time it. So the fact that this will just execute it is so nice. So you don't have to like perfectly watch the watch it and manage your auto attack too. It's, it's that's a really nice change. Yeah. I don't think this is really going to change him all that much. It's literally just a quality of life to help him farm more. So it's going to help him be able to get through some of the early game better with more farm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, that's it for Mal's. Uh, Fenrir, you want to cover Misfortune since these are some support changes, it looks like? Misfortune's not a support fucking player in the bot lane. <laughs> Unless you're playing ADC, it's fine. Uh, so the e- she's in. She's in when you when you go into su- the client and you click on the support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. listed as one of the played supports yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. She can be a support. Yeah, well, and I'm pretty sure Aurelian Soul isn't listed anywhere. So really, uh, I think there was for a time he like had such a low play percentage that he wasn't listed in like any of the tabs. It was like a little bug. But um, okay. so the EAP ratio is increased. The initial slow is decreased. So the magic damage is going from... So the base numbers are staying the same, but the uh, AP ratio is going up 20%. And then the slow is going... The base is going down, but the percent per AP percentage is going up by 2%. And then the damage per wave... It's just getting an AP increase by 5%. On her R, that is there, yeah. Yeah, on the bullet time, sorry. Okay. I don't know. I You can probably figure it out by the way I started. I don't like AP misfortune. Uh, 
I think, although I don't like it, it's healthy for the game that they allow champions to have multiple builds, and I do wish that they allowed it a little bit more. But I don't like AP Misfortune just because it can be not necessarily irritating to play against, but like very uninteractive, and I'm not a fan of uninteractive gameplay. Where she can just walk up, E, run away, walk up, E, run away. So you're saying you're not a fan of Poke Ash, then? Uh, no, not not at all. <laughs> Did you guys see that? Uh, it's hard to tangent off, but um, they're shipping some changes to ARAM, so Ash will now start with negative 20 ability haste. That is hilarious, <laughs> and I love it. I I'm so for it. At the same time, though, they're increasing, they're giving a bunch of assassins 15% bonus tenacity, and energy regen is going to be doubled or something like that, or maybe a third increase or something. And then, yeah, they get uh, some extra resistances or something assassins do. That's probably a needed change. I like that. Rengar was named in there. so Maybe so he gets some damage get bonus, John. Yeah, or maybe <laughs> I can't do any damage with him. <laughs> yeah, that tenacity. Thank you, Riot, for that tenacity. I'll take that. The ones, other ones that were listed, some of the, the comment section was going wild on Twitter, was uh, Pike was getting these <laughs> changes as well as Kha'Zix was as well. Um, Kiana totally could you totally needs it. Uh, like Zed and other ones, I don't know. But like all the energy champs are getting it, except for Shen not getting any of that stuff. But he's very different. Yeah, I could see how people are like, Kha'Zix is getting this. This is an outrage. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. A Fed Kha'Zix can absolutely destroy games, as we saw it last night. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah Thank you. I wish you would have killed that Elise a couple there. more times. <laughs> <laughs> that Elise was so god... Oh, she was so goddamn annoying. Oh. This is a game we were playing last night. Um, it was it was nuts. I mean, there was an Elise who was trying to gank a bunch, and I was sacrificing some farm to making sure that I was matching her map movements. And then... She would gank. She ganked top a couple times and killed Fender, and then she would be like, you know, there was like there ended up being like some typing back and forth, and she would be like, oh, like oh, you mad and stuff, and then I was like, you know, enjoy being out. It was like twelve minutes or something. Like, enjoy being outscaled in three minutes at fifteen, and then inevitably like at fifteen twenty minutes, like I could just murder her and and one shot her, and then she was like team difference and blaming her team. It was this hilarious. This was in a five stack, by the way, in norms. This was five stack, so I was surprised by that. But there was some there was some toxicity happening in their post game chat as well. So they were maybe not a five stack, or if they were, don't treat your friends like that. Jeez. But anyways, back to misfortune. Um. John, do you think this changes anything for a for uh, like misfortune in the ADC role at all, or no? Not really, no. I don't think so. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's all like AP scalings and stuff. Uh, like, I don't know. I I agree with Fenrir as far as like AP misfortune. I just find it like kind of uninteractive and like. It, it, there's not a whole like even when you see it coming, no, she has it. It's still, like, kind of difficult to dodge. I mean, it's just, like, there's very little counterplay to it if you don't have, like, a spell shield or something like that. You know, like, if she wants to hit you with it, that, combined with her, like, her W movement speed, like, she's going to hit you with it, you know? And then if she has Leandries, it's like, what are you going to do? 
So I don't necessarily care for that, but like Femru was saying, like I'm all for uh, like different builds and stuff. Like I don't know if they're doing some some cheesy stuff, like giving Twitch some AP ratios, give give Rengar some AP ratios. Do some fun We've seen AP. that. We don't want that again. <laughs> I don't want I don't AP Rengar. John, no. I don't think you were around for AP Rengar, were you? I mean, I, no, I wasn't, was but not, I have, I've no. seen it. Okay. I've seen it. The W one-shot pentakills, I'll yeah. just not go back oh to that, God, please. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. know. It's just, uh, do you, I think it's Do hard. you think this is enough for her to... Um, so say she's playing ADC, right? Is it enough for her to go back to that Leandre's into the ADC build? That she was going there for a little bit? I mean, if I'm like... I don't think it's good enough to do that because I would much rather have either Kraken or Eclipse as a Mythic on Misfortune. And not only that, like, if I'm, like, just insanely ahead on Misfortune ADC, like, I'll just buy... And I, like, want some AP scaling, I'll just buy Dark Seal or something. I feel like. And then I just get some benefit from like i feel like it's not enough benefit from this buff to warrant like putting the entire like gold's worth like items worth of gold into it but i don't know it also depends like if it's like a team that you know they can you even walk up against the enemy team or whatever i don't know it just depends but i don't think it, it's very i much. think this would be it would be a different story. I think builds might change some if there were items that gave AP and AD, but those don't exist anymore. So then, because then I could totally see, like, let's assume there was, like, you know, old Gunblade or something, right? Like, she doesn't need the healing, but the AP and the AD would be nice to splash some of this because you're getting both benefits off of it. I mean, it might be a little weird to build, you know, a full lethality and then build a Gunblade, but, or, you know, build full AP and then build a Gunblade or something. But I, I mean, it wouldn't be it would be lining up with what they're trying to do. They're trying to Im introduce these build diversities, but they don't have the items to support that infrastructure is kind of what I'm thinking with some of these champions they're doing this to. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like... I think it's whatever, kind of. I mean, I, it's, it's fine that they're doing it. Just see how it is, I guess, as far as... Um, like AP misfortune, but... I don't know. People like to do this in in a ram too. So as far as yeah. that build. All right. Well, that's misfortune. Um, I don't think there's any co discussion warranted for Orn here, and I'll read why. So Orn, his R is updated. The slow used to the maximum slow used to be forty, scaling to sixty with each rank of ability. Now it's sixty all the time, and this would seem like it's a buff. However, Riot notes in their comment that this is a bugs that end up becoming a feature. Orn's ultimate has been inflicting a sixty percent slow for some time now, always. And now this is just an official feature. So they're just changing it to make sure that it's always 60. So there's actually no substantive change at all with how Orn has been acting. It's just the tooltip and how, I guess, it's now officially coded that way correctly. Um, so there's no actual balance change. Do we need to talk about this at all or no? Just keep moving. No, we're going keep moving. Okay, cool. Um, so the last change here, this has been a quick patch, as we said. The last change is Zin Zhao. His passive third hit bonus AD ratio in was increased. His heal AP ratio was increased. And his E cooldown was decreased. So the E, the simplest one, his cooldown was 12. Now it's 11 seconds. 
And then the passive, the AD, the bonus AD ratio was increased. It was 50 up to 45% of your bonus AD. Now it's 50 up to 60% of your bonus AD. Um, and that's also the, the third hit where he slams his spear down and it heals him. And the heal uh, went up by 10% on AP. So it's now a little bit, you're going to heal more on with higher AP levels and you're going to deal more damage with higher AD levels. And there are reasons to mix in like a Nasher's Tooth or other things like that with Zinzao. But um, my initial thoughts with this are, the E change is nice. His cooldown felt a little long. This is nice. And yes, he does have the cooldown decrease with his Q, which each of them decreases. Each of the three talent strike decreases the cooldown of your abilities by one second flat. Um, but he doesn't build a ton of ability haste generally, so it's not like he's using everything all the time. So this helps. But this other stuff, maybe I could see a world where, and you guys are already going to hate this as it's coming out of my mouth, I know, but what about this, the, you know, this build of a tank mythic and Nashers or Bork or something? I think that might start make some sense on Zin, and people haven't been trying it. I haven't tried it myself. And we saw what happened with my Kennen experiment. It was garbage. For the record, a couple patches ago, I talked about maybe going Nasher's Tooth, Frostfire, Hullbreaker on Kennen. It's bad. Don't do it. But um, I personally can attest to it. And Fenrir was in that game, too. It was I was useless. But um, Glad you were. I could see a world where he builds some AD and AP items and some tank stuff and just kind of like mixes in whatever makes sense at the time, as opposed to going full Bruiser or... Uh, you know, full lethality or maybe full AP if you're feeling it. But I don't know. Like, I could see that being a world. Am I crazy for thinking that? I wonder if he can go a Sunfire Demonic into Nasher's Tooth build. I think he could. Well, do you want Nasher's or would you want Bork? Bork at the end. I mean, or maybe... Uh, so all four of them. All four. I... You would have to build that into bruiser team comps, though. Like, you wouldn't be able to do that into a poke comp. You wouldn't be able to do that into, like, really bursty comps. You would have to do it into comps that have three-plus melees. Yeah, you need to be the tank. And no peeling supports or slash maybe, like, a... Lulu or Soraka. I think also that would have to be a thing not for jungles in because you wouldn't get enough gold to do all that. But if you did it in lanes in, you could do that. If you went top Zenzao and did that, yeah, that's probably getting a little too big brain. I mean, it is an only it's only a ten percent AP buff on the heal, so maybe it's really not that worth it. But his win rate has gone up one whole percentage point in the jungle with his. Pick rate increasing by 2% so far. Anytime you can find champions that are able to run Sunfire Demonic, I think you need to give it a, sh give it a chance. Yeah. Abuse that combo while you can before preseason, and then we find everyone's building that one which increases your health permanently and does true damage. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. It's like Gigantor or something like Leviathan. I think I they're bringing back the Leviathan name because that used to be an item. Mm -hmm. 
Do you know about the Leviathan? John, say something. John? Oh, sorry. Oh. Yeah, do you know about Leviathan? No, like the old one? No, I'm just excited about... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm just ex- like seeing Spear of like, Shojin is going to be, I think, just insane on some people. Well, Fenrir hit us with it. What was Leviathan? So the old one, it was like uh, Magi's, but for tanks. Oh so it gosh. would... It would stack. Was it was it just resistances or was it health as well? It was. I thought it was just health, but when you added a max stack, you took like X percent reduced damage from okay. all sources. Yeah, and so it was like <laughs> you would build that and then five war mogs, and you'd just be unkillable. <laughs> oh my gosh, that sounds so gross. That sounds. Thankfully, like, a, like I, yeah, I think they got rid of it before Atmas was brought in. Yeah, they did. Okay, yeah, because yeah. that would have been. <laughs> I mean, just disgusting. Yeah, that, and then the, like, I feel like having the uh, like basically Anathema's chains, like passive, small passive on top of that is just like so annoying. And I think it only stacked to twenty. It didn't stack to twenty five like the other ones. I thought, yeah. Well, all of them stacked to twenty at that point. Oh, did they? Okay, maybe they only stacked yeah, to fifteen heard... then, because it was less, I would think, than the others. Oh, maybe. There, I remember always wanting to make it work and could never quite make it work to build, play like Akali or someone that could use AP, AD, and health. Build all three. And, and yeah, build all three. Sword of the Occult, Leviathan, Mage. Mid- the fucking three oh, pieces of Exodia. Yeah. You know? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then you get the bonus move speed, which was on sort of the occult before the bonus like damage resistance uh on leviathan and i don't remember what Magi's gave i think it was like cooldown reduction or something at the time. cdr because now it's now it's movement speed yeah. but it didn't use snowball trinity <laughs> yeah exactly so it either works or it really doesn't you die once and, and you're and just like then, no longer a champion <laughs> yeah yeah and back then you lost everything on death you didn't just lose a percent or a flat amount of it you lost everything i just think it's so funny the very first time like when i was like newer to the game and i didn't know what uh dark seal was i remember like uh (laughs) like someone in game had gotten one and i was like they were like pinging and i was you know like slightly confused someone was like why would you get that if you're gonna play like that and like die and the guy's response was you gotta risk it for the rari (laughs) i just thought that was so funny yeah but yeah um anyways uh that was in that's it for the patch folks there's nothing else no important bug changes there's some sweet skins um and I personally think that I'm pretty sure it's meant to be this way, but presti- there's Empyrean skin line, which is like a, we were t- saying before, it's like you had people on LSD draw characters from League and then they turned it into champions. <laughs> um, and they all look pretty cool. But Prestige Empyrean, so it's an Empyrean skin line, Prestige version of that for Kasanti looks like, a, it's almost looks like it's Lil Nas X inspired. And maybe it's supposed to be. It is. But, it looks like it is. is it actually yeah. Okay. yeah it's like supposed to be his skin i guess and then it's also like looks like it's like cyberpunkish yeah it does it looks sweet it does look pretty cool yeah but anyways that was the patch so Thank God. um do we need to take a quick break and then hop over or are we good to hop right into uh semis and talk about finals after that buttery let's go okay so 
Let's talk about the more straightforward semi of the two first. It was T1 versus JDG, and I'll put in the... Okay, so if anyone hasn't watched anything, doesn't want to know, spoilers are coming. Okay, there's a few seconds, so now we're good. So, um, T1, 3-1, JG, they beat them 3-1. to They lost the first game and then won the following three. Um, almost everyone had T1 to win. I believe it was like 90% or so had them to beat JDG. If I look at the Pickums there, oh, 82.5% of people in Pickums had T1 over JDG. Um, so that was, that was the one that went as expected according to the community. Uh, we all watched those games. So, um, okay. Fender, what'd you think of it? What do you think? Like, give me your thoughts on the on the series, man. All right. Which one did you start with? Because I got confused last start, week. <laughs> oh, sorry. I started with T1. Versus okay, that's JDG. what I thought you I said. Not I, addressed I, just, DRX I just wanted yep. to make sure. So, yep. um, overall, it was a pretty good series until JDG just kind of thought they were out of it at the final games. Like, I thought all the games were really fun, interesting. The drafts were really fun, which I think we all kind of talked about, that we were super hyped to watch the drafts between these two teams. I was maybe a little sad that JDG had no answer for Lucian Nami, and I kind of expected more from JDG, and they just they didn't seem like they were up to it on the day. That's absolutely, like, that's my thoughts as well. They didn't have an answer for Lushinami. Um, Hope was running it down. He always decided that he had to be as far up in mid lane as possible on Aphelios when he was behind on items and kept getting nuked by whether it was Nocturne in the jungle, which owner played, or Lushinami deleting him, or Sejuani or something. They just kept, he just kept getting nuked, Camille coming in. Um, other than that, yeah, uh, I was listening to the... I was listening to um, the uh, the English LCK casters. The, they have their own podcast called The Pog State today. Um, and I was listening to it today, and they summed it up perfectly. Missing, unfortunately, lived up to his name and was absent the whole series. Um, and I thought that was the perfect way to encapsulate it. But also, Yagao looked straight up invisible. Like, I, I forgot that they had a Silas in, when he was playing Silas quite often, or like, I forgot he was in that series. He just didn't. He didn't seem like he was there. And it's not that Faker like hard gapped him. He wasn't really hard gapping him. Like what happens? Uh, what has happened with other mid laners in the tournament? It's just that he made himself known, and Yagao kind of didn't. You know, and top lane was great. That was a a fucking brawl. And both junglers that their interactions were great, but. Bot lane and mid lane were overall like complete stomps through the series. Uh, and top and jungle kind of decided who won the games, generally. If, if, if JDG had done better in some of the other games, they would have won. Um, if, okay, that's such an easy thing to say, but like if they had actually been able to have Hope do anything, and if Yagao had actually not been invisible, then they would have probably made it a 3-2 or maybe even taken the series, honestly. Because I thought JDG had better drafts most of the time, too. But those are my thoughts. John, what'd you think? Yeah, I thought uh, Femmer's 
assessment of it was pretty good. Like the games were were good, uh, but then it like came to a point where, uh, like I guess they kind of just were, they just felt like they were out of it, and um, I don't know. It seemed like the intensity for them dropped a little. So, but until then, I thought they were good games. Like, um, I mean, there's definitely some, like you were saying, some stuff that, you know, they left, the play left some to be desired as far as, uh, just like getting caught out with like, like classic stuff like Nocturne and, and whatnot, but, uh, but yeah, overall I thought it was, it was good, but T1 was pretty, uh, decisive in their, in their win. I thought they looked great. I mean, I thought that um, they looked very coherent, and um, they just looked like they were playing well together. So, I mean, I think that'll be um, it'll be cool to see because it looks like they're in good form. Yeah, and they're and right, yeah, they they seem like they're in good form. And um, JDG didn't have an answer for their high tempo one three one style when they were picking Camille or. Gangplank, and they were picking. Uh, I mean, what did Faker play? He played a Kali, um, and then he also played. I think he might. He had Azir as well, which was less one three one y. But um, they pulled out. Uh, oh, what's the, oh? They started playing Rise as well, which ended up I think getting banned in game four. Like they just straight up banned the Rise, which like Rise is such a yeah. overall a bad champion right now. But I guess they were able to leverage him super 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 well like the that baron sneak was great rise is a, a sub 45 percent win rate right now um he's not good by any stretch of the imagination i mean you can make and if you're good at a champion you can make them perform well but still it's easier to do that with a champion that's actually got a decent amount of power or fits well in the meta right now and rise does not do that all that well but they made it work which is really impressive He's also, Rise is really good in the team comps that Faker decided to play them into. Like the first game they played, JDG picks Silas, Ophelios, Lulu, Belveth, Malphite. There's nobody on that team that can attack Rise outside of Rise's range. Yeah. And so when Rise, and I mean, you can't really CC the Rise because you have a Lucian Nami that will blow you up if you don't CC them. So the Malphite's priority is on them. And he goes in. He's building nothing but armor because he's going up against a Yone. And he just gets one shot by the Rise Gallic Gun. You know? And you said that JDG had better drafts, but I honestly think T1 draft gapped every game except game one. Okay, so... Game one, they did not. I, I just don't have... Aphelios Lulu should beat Lucian Nami throughout the course of the game, but they were playing it so poorly where they it wasn't happening. They were, I mean, Hope was getting caught left and right. Missing was getting caught sometimes too. Then um, they didn't have the proper support, but overall it just wasn't, they weren't playing it how a pro team should play it to make it work. Because Lucian Nami's, it, it was a lot better in, uh, you know, before the electrocute changes with Nami. It's still fine, but it has a clock on it. Like, you can't... It, once you get to 35, 40 minutes, once Aphelios has four items or so, like, you just always want... almost always want Aphelios more. So, like, yes, 
they they did draft Lucian Nami three the first three games and then game four they didn't they picked what Varus uh what Varus Tom Kench I think or Varus what did they pick Renata I believe let me look I can tell you yeah yeah yeah, yeah Varus Renata yeah Varus so. Renata um right so yes Lucian Nami should lose to Aphelios Lulu especially Hope and missing Aphelios Lulu they're like probably one of the best Aphelios Lulus in the world. Aside from like Dog Dom playing Aphelios, uh, because he's just like an Aphelios one trick. But I think the reason why it worked for them so well is the way that Guma was playing Lucian. Anytime that he seen anybody that wasn't that didn't have more than two thousand HP, he was instantly Gale Force ulting onto them. Now he wasn't full engaging on it. He was just using as much of his damage to keep the tempo on the map. It was crazy. It just felt like they had tempo the entire game. And um, Guma had 1.2k damage per minute in, Whoa. on average in this series. Uh, Jesus, JDG's highest was 369 at 700. Wow. And they put him on Malphite and Renekton in two of the four games as yeah. well. Or did he play Renekton twice? Um, he played... He played Jax, Malphite, Renekton, and Sejuani. Okay, so he was on Renekton and two tanks, and he still had the highest on their team. That shows how little the rest of the map was showing up. Kanavi played well. It wasn't Kanavi's fault at all. It wasn't 369. It was the bottom. It was mid and bottom that were absent. Yeah. And then, like kind of going back to the Lucian Nami um yes it's not as good in draft as we probably think it was or as well it was played but I think where they actually draft gapped all games with game one is in the top side picks it felt like every time they picked top mid jungle they were either a counter picking or getting a good matchup or they were just picking three champions that synergized better than JDG's top side Yeah, it did feel like that. And the one game they lost was some close fights, and it was uh, Kanavi's Viego that got super far ahead. And we all know how oppressive Viego can be when he gets ahead. So it wasn't surprising that he was able to roll over that game. But otherwise, it was still... T1 had tempo, as you're saying. It felt like the whole series. Um, even when they were not doing all that hot in game one, they still had tempo up until they decided to fight into an elder dragon team when they were trying to do Baron. Like I, I get the desperation, but they just threw the whole game at that point. Yeah, I think they knew the game was over and going back to game one, I think the reason why they knew the game was over is because they had no answer to kill the Jacks. Your damage dealers are Lucian, Vi, Camille. All, all Jax has to do is counter-strike, and you can never damage him. Yeah. Yep. Any other uh, spicy picks or anything else that we wanted to talk about with this series? I think T1 going forward is spicy, but yeah. a lot harder to play against because they really didn't show anything. I mean, yeah, they moved around the map. They played the rise. But other than that, I mean... You've seen Lucian Nami almost the entire series, and they didn't do anything crazy, it seemed like. I mean, they they kept the game chaotic, which I think was good to do into JDG, 
Because if JDG does get a stranglehold on a game, they are good enough as a team and team fighting that they can turn anything around. Yeah. Yep, and that, yeah, like you said, they didn't really show all that that much of uh, of stuff either. Like, yeah, of um, the junglers that owners played. I mean, people aren't going to ban out him, but they already. I mean, he played Diego, Vi, Sejuani in this tournament. He's also played like Lee Sin. He's maybe played. He's played some Graves as well. Like, it's been straight up meta stuff. He's not been playing anything crazy, faker. Yeah, pulled out Rise. Other than that, he still played Galio, Lissandra, Azir. Um, Silas and Akali, like the staples for this meta so far. And then in top, yeah, they played Camille and they played Gangplank and they were fine blinding him sometimes. But still, there wasn't anything crazy that came out. Like, you know what sort of champion Zeus is going to pick, but you just can't answer them well. Like, they yeah. just couldn't answer it. And it's going to get worse for the, the finals matchup as well. And they pressured the top side, like, so much. It was. Every time you looked at the screen, Zeus was getting ganked. He was getting two-manned. I mean, not even ganked. Sometimes they just had three people topside just to make sure that Zeus didn't do anything, and the dude still was useful. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. And I called it last week. First team to pick a tank is going to lose, and JDG picked the tank first. <laughs> you did call it. Yeah, I think it's crazy just how much like pressure he can just eat top. Like He'll just like sit there do his normal thing and just eat that pressure for breakfast like three people up there just like you know preventing him from doing anything but then they just get so much uh like relief elsewhere and they can do other stuff like that's he's been very impressive yeah he's been extremely impressive and he'll have a much more fun time in the finals matchup but before we talk about the finals matchup. Let's talk about the other semifinal, which was arguably crazier. Actually, not arguably. It was crazier. Not because of some of the games so much, but because of the results. So DRX against Gen G. DRX beat Gen G 3-1. Just like in the first series, they lost game one, and then they came back and won games two, three, and four. Um, so Deft has made it to finals, and it's Deft versus Faker. Apparently, they, went to the, they were in high school together, so it's like, that's kind of cool. But... Um, yeah, so, John, what did you think of this series, man? I mean, I thought it was really fun to watch. Um, I mean, DRX looked impressive. I mean, Kingen, you know, looked really good. Um, who was he playing? Like, he played Gragas. Um, Piosic, I thought, played overall pretty well. Like, he was on, what, Kindred. And then, uh, what's Sejuani? Or no, he was on Viego. Yeah. But uh, it's hard to remember because the the same junglers have been filtering through yeah, the same that's champions true. this whole tournament. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was really fun to watch. And then I think the mid lane matchup with um, DRX T1 is gonna be fun to watch with Zeke and Faker. Um, I don't know. I think it'll be. I'm, I'm kind of glad that they uh they won honestly i think i just like seeing something uh different for like the final yeah yeah i think the mid lane is going to be great to watch and it's worth noting that chovy who is people like you know he's kind of considered to be the best laner in the world lost lane arguably all four games as well 
And he got solo killed by Zekka a couple of times, I think. And he also just looked so disconnected from the rest of his team. Like, there was a team fight, I think, in, like, game two or game three or something. And Chovy's pushing mid lane, and then he finishes killing the minions and then walks over, and the fight's already over. Like, what are you doing? Like, there's... there Obviously, there was some sort of call, and he's like, I'm, I'm almost done. I'm finishing the minions. But he just has this compulsive... Like, we've talked about this before. He has this compulsive need to... Need to pick up every single possible CS. And then, okay, yeah, then I'll fight, sure. But he's like PvE first, PvP second, which is fun when you're playing, like, Minecraft, but that's this is not Minecraft, you know? So I don't know. He he, he seemed all out of sorts there. Um, and Ruler looked great, I will say. Ruler looked great. Lahens looked decent. Their bot lane looked good, Genji's did. Um, DRX's looked also quite good. They were, I'd say, pretty evenly matched this series. Top lane, I'd say, like you said, was, like you said, John, Kingen looked better than Doran. Partly because of the picks, but also just because Doran's not a good top laner. So, I'm glad that he didn't get carried by Ruler into um, into finals. Yeah, I think also, like, the bot lane matchup for DRX with the T1 is going to be awesome to watch. I mean, it's just too... Yeah. Exceptionally good players. Yeah, and then you have three rookies, uh, or three people. This is their first season, first year playing, and then they've all made it to Worlds Finals in um, Zayas and Kingin and uh, Zeka as well. None of them have... Oh, no, not sorry, not Zeka. Um, who am I thinking of? Yoshik. There we go. No, no he was there last year. Couple years. He was there last year. He's been around for a couple of years. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was around for two years or so, I think. But um, I can't remember right now. But there's a, there's a, there's three rookie or three rookies, and all of them have, none of them have made it to. Never, it's their first season playing, and they've all made it to Worlds Finals, which is really cool. So, yeah. I think Zeka is an LCK rookie because he started in the LPL. Yes, he is an LCK rookie. So then maybe that's yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, Fenner, what do you think about that series, man? Um, so last week I said I had I had pretty good faith that Lehens would find something into the Heimerdinger, and I think that's why they lost this series. The fact that they had to ban Heimerdinger every single game because they didn't have an answer to it just allowed DRX to have a power pick every single draft. Also, they're on blue side, and they're banning Aatrox. That should be a red side ban, yeah. not a blue side ban. Agreed. That shows you that either Gen G doesn't know how to draft, which I'd say is partially true because they're an LCK team, or they don't trust Doran to beat Kingen when he has Aatrox, which is also probably true because Doran sucks relative to the other world's top laners. Yeah, so, or it's just, I mean, Doran just can't play it is what it really boils down to. I mean, it, it's probably a little bit of all three, right? But I think the main thing is, Doran can't play the best top laner at the tournament, and that is a huge problem for your team. The fact that you have to ban Aatrox so that red team can ban away another power pick from your side, and you have to buy, ban the Heimerdinger so they get two picks every draft, first phase, that they want. And and when Gen G's on red side, they have to ban Yumi. Yeah. So... I was pretty upset with the series because, yeah, game one, Genji wins. 
but it felt like after that, Gen G just like gave up. They had the game a little bit, like I'd say halfway to three quarters in game two, and then they lost. And after that, it just seemed like they turned their monitors off and were ready to go home. Yeah, games three and four were, four was a blowout. Three was also kind of blowout-ish. Like three was, game four in both series were kind of stomps. Yeah. Game three in T1 JDG was decently close, but not so much. Um, game three in DRX Genji didn't seem that close to me, honestly. And I think also DRX had better drafts almost all the time, too. They gave Deft Caitlyn. That's the one player in the world that you don't give Caitlyn. Because they have yeah. to ban Heimerdinger, Aatrox, and Yumi. It just... Yep. I don't know. I was and, so frustrated with Gen G. Not the fact that, like, pick'ems aside, it's just, how does this team get to semis and this is what they perform with it's just it's upsetting that this caliber of team just has no prep for this game it really felt like they walked into this game oh we're just the better team all our prep is ready for t1 that's definitely what it felt like, for sure. They're like, okay, the only prep we're going to do is, hey, we'll ban Heimerdinger. That's it. And that didn't work. They also like, they couldn't deal with uh, Kindred all that well either. They didn't, like, there's there are a couple times, I mean, there's one significant part where there was an Elder Drake fight and uh, Pioshik ults Elder Dragon so that it doesn't die and Peanut smites it like a second after the ult goes down. So he obviously didn't register it or doesn't understand how to play against Kindred. I mean, he's one of the best junglers in the world. He understands what Kindred does and how to play against it. Yeah. He brain farted or isn't practiced in playing against it, so then he smited it, then great. Pioshik gets free Elder Dragon secure, and then I think they won off of that push or one push right afterwards or something. It, it changed that game as well, but there's like there are just instances where they didn't feel practiced enough to play against some of this stuff. Um, it just, they didn't look good. They peaked in LCK summer uh, in the finals there. That was their peak when they demolished everybody. And great. They had a great summer. Props to them. They didn't look good this tournament. They didn't. There's a reason I didn't predict them, and my pickums are still perfect in the knockout rounds. <laughs> yeah, I was down on Jinji when they came into the tournament. Uh, I almost wanted to... Pick them to not get out of their group, but there was just no way that they weren't going to get out. That that group was too weak. And yeah, I also think they would have been on the other side of the bracket had RNG not got COVID, and they would have been knocked out in the first round against T1. Yep, and I think I think that's what frustrates me more than anything is that because RNG got sick, they got put on the strong side of the bracket. And I do think that RNG showed enough that they could have won this side of the bracket. Probably. They at least could have made it to semis, I think, for sure. And But I also don't want to make this into like a rant that Gen.G is terrible. DRX played well. They have played well. And they are on a just train that's just continued yeah. to power up all the way from play-ins. And I don't want it to make... Because we all are kind of all shitting on Gen.G which is, we should, right? They're the first seed. But I don't want to take away from what DRX has been doing because, I mean, they played great in three and a half games of this series. 
Yeah, they absolutely deserve to have gotten here. They've played great the whole tournament. People have been down on them, including myself, at different points, and they've done super well, and all props to them. They've made it to finals. Um, I mean, there's you can see in some of the stuff that they've released, they didn't think they were going to make it here, but they've done great, and they deserve it all. And honestly, this finals has the... Not the two best teams of the tournament. It has the two teams with the most momentum going into the tournament. Because T1 is, is one of the best teams, but they've also had a lot of momentum. They've lost, what, one game in... They lost one to JDG, they lost one game in groups, and they, they've lost two games the whole tournament. DRX has lost more, but they've played more games. But overall, they've still had a very strong trajectory. So it's this is this should be a very strong finals, even if it goes 3-0 one way. It's still going to be, I think, the most competitive games that we'd see anyone match T1 with. Other than that Fnatic game where they got absolutely draft massacred and didn't play it out all that well in groups. But I'm excited for this finals. And I'm going to be seeing it in theaters in a couple of days. So on Saturday, it's going to be fun. Sneaking in. What are your guys' plans for finals? I'm just watching John, at home. What do you do for finals? Yeah, I'm probably gonna watch okay. it. Just gonna at home. any friends coming over? Do you have any friends nearby that watch League or care at all? Or uh, I'll see. I'll see what other some of my friends are doing for it. I have a few friends who play League who are nearby, but um, I don't know. You're going. What you have the theater uh set up that you're going to? Yeah, there's one. Well, there's like two within like 10 miles of me, and so I'm going to one that's less crowded. And I may be going, at this point I'm going solo, but my cousin might join me. He might not be going. It's just, if he goes hunting this weekend, then he's not going to go. Um, but if his ride up to my grandpa's place where he would go hunting on their grounds, if that doesn't come through, then then he'll probably go with me. So it might be two of us going. It might just be me, though. But you got to yeah, smuggle in the something. Lol any uh, snacks? I'm. He's smuggling I'm in his Taco planning. Bell. <laughs> I was gonna say every time I go to the theaters, I smuggle in four bean burritos in my underwear. It's great, Weird, bro. So I'll probably do that. I'll probably do that some because it's gonna be like four hours. I'm not gonna pay fucking movie theater prices for all their shit food the whole time. I'll get some popcorn, sure. I'll probably also get like a large soda and refill. I'm thinking I've been feeling ginger ale this week. I've had some ginger ale earlier, like. I have a feeling like I'm gonna get you know just one of those gigantic cups of ginger ale. The bean be burritos is very but, specific. Uh, <laughs> that's what I love from Taco Bell. It's it's just it's so good and I don't know like I a lot of the other stuff I try, it's a little too salty for me. Like when you know like cheesy bean and rice burrito like those are good but it's salty and I'm not a big fan of their hard tacos or soft shell tacos even. Mexican pizza doesn't do it to me. Their cinnamon twists are good, but like a lot of the stuff on Taco Bell's menu I don't like, despite them being my favorite fast food restaurant, just because I love their bean burritos. Oh, yeah, I'm forever, not a huge Taco Bell person, but when I go, the gordita crunch is the uh, that's my go-to. I don't know if you've had that before. You should sneak one of those in. I have, I have not. Um, is that something that I could sneak in, or does it have like sauce and things that I could? Uh, I mean. It's, I mean, it's like, it's pretty compact. I mean, I would say okay. not four bean burritos. Do the two two bean burritos and then a gordita crunch. Give it a whirl. Okay. But it's very, uh, pretty filling, I would say. But it's like, okay. imagine like a like soft shell wrap 
but it's like a like a circular thing, and it's like a hard shell taco on the inside. Oh, so is it like a crunch wrap with a hard yeah, shell on the inside? Then basically. Okay, their crunch wraps are good. I've had a I've had them before for like non breakfast items, and those are decent. But I do like Taco Bell's breakfast uh, crunch wraps. They're super good. I would honestly recommend it. Like overall, as far as fast food breakfasts go, Wendy's giant bad no burger king giant bad no don't do it big farts don't do that um but uh mcdonald's pretty decent depends on what you get like and sometimes it's better than other times hits sometimes Um, though they do sometimes they're also not good though they're kind of inconsistent from what i've found but uh taco bell two thumbs up for breakfast always 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 good every time you're a fucking psychopath I am not a psychopath, sir. <laughs> just because I enjoy Taco Bell breakfast does not make me a psychopath. Thank you. Although people, I would agree that I'm a psychopath in some way. In that, when it's I like to run outside when it's super hot out. So I people have called me a psychopath there. If it's like a hundred degrees, as much humidity as possible, and sunny and bright sunny, like that's that's fucking perfect to go exercising outside. In. So if that makes me a psychopath, that and Taco Bell breakfast, you know what? I will own it. Anyways. So um, if anyone else, if any of you listeners want to try to go see uh, the worlds in theaters, you can find it on, there's a link to it on like the head LOL esports page. There's an article about it, but you can also go to lolintheaters.com and then go from there, find a theater near you if there are any, and then go through that tickets, go through that theater's you know local website to book something. But I think it should be pretty cool. I'm excited. Either way, this is going to be a great finals. It should be pretty good because the semifinals were entertaining, but overall kind of a letdown as far as gameplay, and I think that's kind of the consensus. So we should get some sweet finals, and then uh, we will talk about it next week for that. Um, Anything else you guys want to talk about before we call it a call it a wrap? T one three zero. Okay, yeah, that's great predictions. Okay, T one three zero. Okay, cool. Um, fastest okay, game time. Well, yeah, why? I'm going T one three zero. Fastest game time in worlds total. Fastest individual or like, like average at, across like total three. total game time between all three games. Fastest like it's gonna be the fastest series that's been played at worlds. Oh fuck. Okay. I okay. just so don't get me wrong. I love DRX's like triumph to greatness, but um, Zeus is so far and away better than King and. Yeah. Agreed. And I think that there's a decent gap as well. I mean, Carry is better than Barrel, and to your oh, point oh, about oh, oh, easy. Uh, okay, I think he's better than Barrel. Um, He's not necessarily more inventive, but to your point about what happened with Gen G, I think Carrier does have an answer for Heimerdinger, and we will see it. I think so too. I think it's the Zyra that I was talking about last week, but I think top mid jungle is better for T1. Not necessarily that T- that Faker is gonna just gap Zeka, but Faker is not gonna do what Chovy did. He's not going to just let Zeka kind of run around the map and do whatever the hell he wants. Owner's good enough, and his champ pool is wide enough that I don't think the Kindred pick is going to matter. And Guma is way better than Deft, 
But I do think that Barrel is the reason why this team is in the finals. Barrel is my MVP for the tournament, personally. Barrel over... I mean, okay, there's a lot of hype for Zekka. So why why say Barrel over Zekka? Because those are probably the only two real options for... Okay, or Zayas. Those are probably the only three real options for MVPs for the tournament. So why would you say Barrel? So... To me, the MVP is not the best player individually. It is the best player for their team. Without Barrel on this team, DRX does not make it this far. It's not being talked about very much, but Barrel is back-to-back-to-back <laughs> -to -back -to -back world finalist on two different teams. We've seen that in the Dom 1 series, they lost because bot lane fell behind too, too much, right? I think Barrel was a large reason why Dom Juan went on the tear that they did because he is the type of player that can rein in and kind of hone these very raw players and get them to do the macro things that need to be done. And I also think Barrel adds an element to the bot lane that there's not a lot of supports in the world that can do it. Carry is probably the only other one that really does it like Barrel can. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. John, what's your prediction? I'm going to say just, this is just like gut feeling. I'm going to say 3-1, 2-1. Okay. Why 3-1, T-1? Other I than bet you got you, anything else that back I it up? I just feel like, uh, I bet you DRX wins the first game and then T-1 wins the next three. Okay. I don't know. They just, I feel like they're going to ride off the hype, play you know, super well the first game, and then I feel like T1's just going to chip away at him, just wear him down. I think it's also going to be a 3-1, but T1 will win. It'll be, they'll trade game ones. T1 will win game one, then lose game two, and then take two and three. There'll be, I'm guessing there's going to be, like, T1's going to beat DRX with something, and then DRX is going to salty run it back and actually do it correctly and then win. And T1 will totally fall prey to that draft. Um, and then they'll lose. And then they'll change something about what they're doing so that doesn't happen again. And then just outright beat them the other two games. I think if DRX wins one yeah. game, they win it. Really? Yep. One game is all this team needs to just have the fire actually carry them through it. That's why I predict Rio. Most I want T1 to win, and I think they're better players. I think they're a better team, but I think DRX has enough hype behind them that if they get one game, they have enough to take it. Yeah. Right now, 84% uh, of people are predicting T1 to beat DRX. So there's 16% of people are hype hopping on the hype train and thinking DRX. I'm this is I'm not predicting DRX here. So uh yeah, but we'll see. I, I do think that's a good point, that they have so much momentum that if you give them anything, they're just going to take it and run with it. So it's dangerous there. Yeah, but we'll see. So it should be a great final, and um, we'll all be watching in our own individual places, and uh, 
we'll give our thoughts next week about it. But that has been episode 787 of the Trinity Force podcast. Remember to join us on Tuesday nights for Community Game Night at 7.15 Eastern time. It starts and runs for a few hours. It's always a good time. Um, please check out our Patreon. We have a whole array of different benefits and different uh, at different prices. So go check those out. Other than that, if you have any feedback for us, please leave that in the feedback thread of our Discord or send your questions and, and comments to questions at trinityforcepodcast.com. And that is it. So thanks everyone for listening and we will see you next time post-Worlds. Thanks for listening to our product and being a member of the Trinity Force Network community. If you have a moment, please head over to iTunes and give your favorite show a comment and a rating. If you're so inclined, you can check out all of the other great shows in the network. We've got a wide variety of content from League of Legends, to general gaming, and role-playing podcasts. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can be found on Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit under T-Force Network. We've also got a Patreon under that name where you can support your favorite shows with a small donation each month. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you continue to enjoy all of the podcasts, videos, and the community that we provide.